Happy Tuesday, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with myself, Bailey Arredondo, coming at you live again from Fort Worth, Texas. This is the first full week of February. Man, 2019 is just flying by, already in its second month. Time has wings, but Real Talk keeps on going. So let's kick things off. For today's podcast, I obviously want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and kind of what happened on Sunday and my take, my biggest takeaways from it. But in today's show, I really want to talk about just personal evaluations, kind of how someone, I'll talk about, you know, how I evaluate people, but how someone can really evaluate a person. You know, there's been so much talk in the NBA and in the NFL and in so many different leagues with like player trades and trading players and the NBA trade deadline is on Thursday. And, you know, when all these trades happen, I, I think, you know, it's okay, you know, Teams are trying to improve themselves. You know, one team is trying to maybe get rid of a problem they have, or one team is trying to fix a problem they have in their organization, or they have their eyes sight on a new player, on a young player that they really think can elevate their franchise and their organization. So, like I said, I'm just, I'm such a people person, and I, I really think behind every athlete, behind every actor, behind every musician, there's a person. And for me, if I was a scout, if I was the one recruiting these players or talking about player trades, I'm thinking, okay, this person's qualities, like this person's personal qualities, that's going to have a lot to do with the decision, right? You know, if you notice they're a little bit lazy in how they speak, you notice they're, you know, show up late to a meeting, you notice that they're a bit ambiguous in their answers to your questions, maybe second guess, hesitate themselves, you know, just all, just the total package. So like I said, I want to dive into this because I think it matters and I think it's nonetheless kind of interesting. So let's do it. Let's kick off today's show and let's get rolling, baby. So let's talk Super Bowl. I mean, what a game, right? For those who maybe don't watch football regularly, Uh, for those who maybe like more exciting, high-fast, high-intensity offensive games, this wasn't the game for you. I mean, a 13-3 game, you know, a lot, a lot of defense. This game was pretty much played in between the 30s, and I think it was a great demonstration of true defensive coaching and one team playing not to win, but just not to lose. Now, in this game was the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams. New England Patriots led by Tom Brady. This is his ninth Super Bowl appearance, which, I mean, that's just a a stat to be recognized to begin with, just making it to nine Super Bowls. It's incredible. It's incredible. He's the GOAT, the greatest of all time. I mean, the guy's got nearly every record in the Super Bowl. I mean, passing yards, touchdowns, completions, you name it. It's Tom Brady written all over it. So what amazed me about Tom Brady is not that, you know, he's necessarily deteriorating for his age. He's not getting any slower, you know. It's really, for me, is of him treating this game like any other of the eight Super Bowls he was in him before. I mean, he treated everyone the same. Same attitude, same mantra, same focus. Tom Brady isn't phased by these kind of games. He's not phased by this high level of intensity. This everything comes down to this kind of game, which I love. I mean, that just shows a true testament of the football player that Tom Brady is. 
you know, it's those guys that treat practice like a Super Bowl. It's those guys that work just as hard Monday and Tuesday as they do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So with that being said, though, I got to say, Tom Brady didn't have a good game, folks. Tom Brady did not have a good game. Like I said earlier, I think Tom Brady played not to win, but just not to lose. He did everything in his power to keep the ball away from the Rams and to wear out their defense. I mean, they didn't put up big points. I'm looking at Tom Brady's stats right now. 21 of 35, 262 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, 71 quarterback rating. I mean, that's not Hall of Fame stats. But in Tom Brady's defense, he just did everything he had to do from his position to not let the Rams get ahead. I mean, the New England's defense, they deserved MVP, straight up. I mean, they played a phenomenal, phenomenal game. I mean, keeping a team that averages nearly 33 points a game in the Rams to just three points, just a field goal? Tip of the cap to the Patriots' defense. You know, forget three points. They pretty much shut out the Rams, which is tough to do. Tough, tough, tough to do. But as someone speaking from a journalist reporter perspective, someone that's seen football from the press box, that has analyzed games, wrote down play-by-play, this game boiled down to just the Patriots out-coaching the Rams. To the brim. To the brim. If you were watching that game, you would know that the Patriots had an answer for every Rams play. Every single one. The Rams couldn't do anything. They couldn't be themselves. They couldn't even get Todd Gurley, which was obviously hurt, because it's, I don't care if you have a strained knee, I don't care if you have a headache, I don't care if you're not feeling 100%, if you get cleared medically by the team and suit up for the Super Bowl, the last game of the year, this is it, you can, you know, sit a few months in the offseason, relax, get medically cleared, get taken care of, get treated on, whatever it might be. But if you can't play one game, you got to be hurt, right? I mean, he just didn't look himself. That guy could be MVP if he wanted to be. That guy needs the ball 20 to 30 times a game. He got 10 touches. And every other time I looked at the screen, when the Rams were on offense, he wasn't even in. So the Patriots just contained the Rams. They had him locked up. And for me, I just have to appreciate the Patriots game plan. I have to appreciate them executing their exact game plan of containing the Rams. And of course, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm with you if you're thinking, oh, well, Bailey, I mean, I would have much rather see the Chiefs and the Rams. Do you remember that Monday night game? It was 104 points combined, nearly. Yes, of course. I would have loved to see a shootout. I mean, that Monday night game was phenomenal. Just brilliant, brilliant football to watch. It was great. But these are the cards that were dealt. This is the game that was given to us. And the outcome handled itself. The outcome handled itself. And what are you going to do about it? And now that this season is over, I think this offseason is going to be juicy. I think the Patriots are going to come back to the next season as the reigning Super Bowl champions and have another chip to their shoulder just with more doubt and more grit 
But I think overall it was a good, good NFL year. A lot of drama, a lot of ups and downs. You really didn't know what teams were going to make it into the playoffs until, you know, the second half of the season, which is nice. Just because it adds suspense, it adds drama, games matter more. But another kind of interesting stat that stood out to me is the viewership, actually, of the Super Bowl this year. I mean, I looked it up, and this year, the Super Bowl had an average of 98 million viewers, which is crazy numbers, right? 98 million? But in fact, this was the lowest average U.S. viewership of the Super Bowl in 10 years, since 2009. The past 10 years has all surpassed 100 million average viewers. So obviously I don't have an answer to why there was just that many less viewers this year, but I'm just, I mean, that's just curious to me. That just raises my eyebrows and being, huh, I wonder why, because I'm thinking, you know, is it because it's the Patriots and Rams? Or is it because there's other events going on? Is there more interest in other sports and other entertainment than the Super Bowl? I think that will be an interesting kind of stat to hear reported on or to kind of find out, you know, maybe why the numbers were down this year, just because I'm sure I'm not the first person asking this question. That really sums up my Super Bowl take and everything that I kind of took out of that game. It was a defensive-minded game, but you really have to appreciate the coaching that went into it and how hard it is to really stop an offense and to really stop a team from doing what they've been doing all year. Remember that the Rams average almost 33 points a game, and they only scored three. So defense, 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 that was the name of the game. I appreciate the way Tom Brady approaches the game of football. I appreciate the way he mentally stays focused every day of the season, every day of the year, to make sure he's ready to go sling it any day of the year. So I appreciate that. But also, I mean, we'll see what happens in the offseason because the Rams got to come back with grit. They got to come back with fire. They got to be pissed off that they performed this way in the Super Bowl and to come back next year with even higher goals, even higher expectations. But speaking of expectations and speaking of that kind of killer mentality, I really want to segue into the second half of today's show where I want to discuss about player evaluations and I want to talk about what I look for in players or what I think people should look for in players. So first of all, let me ask you, what do you really look for in a person? I mean, are you that kind of person that it starts in the handshake? It starts with the eye contact? It starts with your posture? It starts with the vocabulary you use? I mean, what do you define a person as? Or I guess a better way to state that is, What characteristics of a person are you most intrigued with? Are you most infatuated with? So for me, it really obviously depends, of course, whether it's, you know, girl, guy, friend, family, coworker, boss, really just stranger, anyone, right? For me, there's a few things that comes to mind just when I meet a person or I'm in a group or really anything in a social setting. So for me, eye contact is big. I mean, you just got to look at me in the eyes because, I don't know, I feel like in a way your eyes kind of have this emotional side to it that when you're saying things, there's the humility comes out of your eyes, the innocence. 
So I, I, I need eye contact. I love eye contact. And for me, it, it's being assertive with the way that you talk. It's being able to tell, not necessarily that you're passionate about what you're talking about, but that you stand behind what you're talking about. Whether it's good or bad, too. I mean, I really think a person should be able to talk about themselves, weakness or strength, in similarities. They should have kind of the same tone when they talk about their strengths and weaknesses. Because that's just the inevitable truth, that everyone has a weakness. Everyone has flaws. So you just kind of have to own it. You have to embrace yourself. And this is why trades in professional sports are so intriguing to me because you're trading for a person, right? Obviously, if you're trading for a person, you obviously want their skills. You want their expertise. You're not trading them because, you know, they're, oh, kind of cool, or you're trading them, oh, you know, you're probably pretty fun to hang out. No. It's either you're a slugger in baseball, you're a leader on the football field, or you're just a freak of nature athlete on any kind of court. I mean, in most trade fours, you have to set yourself apart from the team that you're on. Someone has to say, you know what? Even though Bailey Redondo is over there on the Cleveland Cavaliers, he doesn't get that much hype. He doesn't get that much notoriety. No one's really watching him ball out there. If we brought Bailey Redondo to LA, that boy would shine. It's got to take that kind of essence to be that kind of player in a trade, right? So with all that being said, these are the kind of characteristics that I would look for if I was a general manager of a team, uh, if I was a scouter for a team, if I was involved in player trades. These are the few qualities that I would look for in a player regardless of the sport. First of all, I gotta know you're a worker. I gotta know you have a great work ethic. Because regardless of the situation, regardless if our team is 0-40 and 40 or 40-0, and 0, I have to be able to know that you're going to come to work and work every day. Because work ethic's huge, people. It's, I mean, come on. I don't want someone that thinks all these accomplishments and championships and accolades are just going to be handed to them. I want someone that wants to work for that. I want someone that wants to better themselves every day. Because that's a kind of mentality that not only is beneficial for the player itself, but it's beneficial for the whole team, the whole organization. Work ethic feeds off to one another. It inspires the team. So I need someone that can work. I need someone that can just go out and work for it. Next, I'm looking at how the player carries themselves how they approach this situation, how they handle themselves on and off the court, on and off the field. Because remember, this player that you're trading for, they're putting on your brand. They're putting on a team's logo. They're representing not only yourself, but they're representing your team, your organization, that city. I mean, they got a lot to represent. So you have to make sure that they carry themselves in a way that you would want others to view your organization as because that's important especially if it's a star player especially if that player is going to be a franchise tag a franchise player you know i don't want a player that's like oh hey bailey you're the starting quarterback of the chicago bears oh yeah man you know it's it's just me you know just balling out playing quarterback you know just excited to be out there on the field and showcase what i can do 
No. I want a player that's like, oh, is that Bailey Redondo, the Chicago Bears quarterback? Yeah, man, that's me. I'm so excited to be able to be on the field and to represent the great city of Chicago. I'm so grateful for this opportunity that the Bears organization gave me, and I'm going to do whatever I can do in my power to make sure we are on top of our division this year and getting those wins because this city deserves it. You know, I might have had a little too much fun with that, but you know what I mean, right? It's just that 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 kind of player that believes it's bigger than them, that they understand that it's not a me sport, it's a we sport. So if a player gets through those two rounds of testing by me, if they get through the, okay, this guy's a worker, he's a workhound, he'll work for us. And he also carries himself in a way that we feel comfortable with him representing our team, representing our brand in this city. If he carries himself off the field, off the court, just as he does on the field and on the court. If they get through those two, then I just got to go to the last question. I got to go to that last checkmark box. We got to find out who he is when he's not in our building. We got to find out who he is when he's not on the clock, when he's not in pads, when he's not lacing up his shoes. You know, for the most part, these scouts only really get to see these players, you know, in their kind of setting, in their atmosphere. But what I would do is I would search and talk to people that know that player not as an athlete, that know him as a person, because I need to find out. And what better way for me to find out than to ask and interview and kind of scout around people that spend time with him, people that know him. Because the unfortunate truth is that a lot of people are different behind closed doors. They're different when in a comfortable setting. So if I can get the totality of that person, if I could find out when they're at their lows, when they're at their highs, people around them can describe them, if I can find out if they're a work dog, if they love to just embrace the fight, they love the struggle, they want to get better, they want to improve, and if they're selfless enough to realize that it's a we sport, not a me sport, that's all checkmark for me, baby. That's all I need to welcome you to my team. So for any viewers out there, I would challenge you guys to think about these characteristics. Think about these questions I'm asking because obviously this is for, you know, scouting a player to join a team, but a lot of these can be applied to just really scouting anyone for anything, whether it's friends, whether it's work-related. These are questions that really can give us a good definition, a good synopsis of who a person really is. And it might not always be what you want to hear. It might not always be the answers that you're looking for. But nonetheless, it's all real talk.